Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello world, Shelley Shearer here and welcome to the show. It has been a crazy three months. I've spoken on so much going on and uh, there will be a podcast released in the next few days as my father passed away last Wednesday on November uh, 11th on Remembrance Day, Veterans Day in the States at 4.40 in the afternoon. He was 80 years of age and lived an amazing life. Um, you know, I talk a lot about family drama on this at times so that you can relate and understand what, what I've gone through and how I've, I've grown through these experiences. Um, and you know what? He wasn't perfect and we had our issues, but he was here to teach me the lessons I needed to learn. And for the most part, and, and uh, if you're a regular listener, you know I've spoken about my childhood many times and how amazing that was. You know, I was uh, camping and fishing and snowmobile, snowmobile riding and, and dirt bike riding my whole life. And very, very fortunate to have that background. I might be a bit of a city girl at times, but I still have that country girl experience in my background. And I am so grateful for that, especially with what's going on in the world today. If I have to, I can plant a garden and I can have chickens and kill them and eat them if I need to. <laughs> Sometimes a little self-reliance is amazing and I am grateful for all that he taught me. I'm grateful for so how many people reached out on the Facebook post and and into my life. It was just, you know, people that I've known since childhood that I grew up with in my school, in my church, people I do business with and people that are just even new that just energetically were saying, hey, you know, we're here for you and we're holding space and our condolences. All of it is amazing and I just like to express extreme gratitude. I will, I'm editing that podcast today. I will talk about that experience in that podcast. But today, I really just wanted to give some words of encouragement, just as a little stopgap. Um, I'm, I, you know, I've just come to the end of three weeks of chronic pain uh, injections, uh, dealing with a specialist. And it really has laid me out, and it's been quite the experience. I'll probably talk about that as well in a later podcast just so if there's someone out there that needs to hear that and then knowing that my dad over the past three weeks as well has been failing and really wanted to pass away he was done with life he has outlived almost everyone in his family he's outlived all the men their family does not live historically very long so for him to reach 80 is amazing his own father and brothers barely lived into their 60s my father always preached biblically that you know god give us gives us three score and ten and uh, a score is 15 years, by the way. So that's uh, basically 70 years we're given on this life. And anything after that is a bonus. And it's funny because whether you believe it or not, whether I even believed it or not, it was it's in the scripture. He believed it. And he lived 10 years past that. And five of it was good and five of it was not. And sometimes when we go through these things, there's just lessons to be learned. I know that this whole experience has been a huge lesson for me. And I think my family is looking at me a little oddly with a lot of the work I've done over the summer and uh, reading the book that I recommended the other day, Living in uh, Waking Up in 5D by Marine St. Germain. 
it has changed how I react to everything around me. It has changed how I react to my sister. It, it has changed how I am dealing with my mom and the compassion and observation that I have without engaging in the drama. All of it. All of it is amazing. So I opened up this book that I used to when I my first two years of podcasting. I used this book all the time. Melody Beattie, Journey to the Heart. It's a 365-day sort of meditation and, and words of wisdom and comfort and I thought, you know what? What does today, November 18th, have to say in the book? Let's just go see. Someone out there might need some words of encouragement right now. I have said this for months now. I live in a bit of a COVID bubble in the fact that I do not live in, a, I'm in downtown New York City, living in apartment buildings where people are on top of each other and germs are swapped out every day. There's just almost no way of containing that. I live on half an acre in a neighborhood that we've created a bubble in this neighborhood to keep ourselves safe and so that we could still be social. Um, so basically we've, we've laid it down to this the neighborhood and our, our immediate families. We're so very fortunate. We're able to social distance outside. Uh, lots of things can be delivered to the house. My husband does most of the grocery shopping and we can work from home and my husband didn't lose his job. We are blessed and we know it. Okay, that still does not mean that through my life experiences of 55 years and being a single mom and having other issues, I cannot relate or understand some of the pain that many of you are going through. It just means that I do respect and have gratitude and understand that I am very fortunate. I am very much struggling not vacationing right now. I'm not going to lie. I would, I would do just about anything except have a COVID test and get a vaccination to get on a cruise ship right now. <laughs> In fact, they sent us all out emails the other day saying, hey, we're looking for test subjects, basically. Uh, you won't get paid, but you don't have to pay. And we looked into it, but yeah, you had to buy into all the government restrictions of testing and quarantining. It's like, yeah, no, that's not possible. So really, the, the ships are in all the uh, ports in the United States, so I would have to be in the States to make this happen. There would just be so many restrictions excuse me, sorry about that, about getting on a plane and, uh, and quarantining when I arrive and quarantining when I get back. Don't care about the quarantine when I get back, but you have to take the test and uh, then you're in the system. So you know what? We all make choices and you have to live with the consequences of those choices. Now, today's message though in the book was living with unresolved problems. And I'm going to read her last entry. Like she always ends these little meditations with a little phrase or a little poem. Her words today were this, trust that the waiting part of change is necessary. Trust that your desire for change is the beginning of change and trust that each moment you are moving closer to the change you desire. Even those of us uh, that are doing the work that are awake and that are energetically always looking for, you know, more answers, more information, keeping our minds open. Sometimes we have to wait till the pain is so bad that we finally, the pain of staying is worse than the pain of, of changing. We still, all of us need to give ourselves some grace. Things often happen in the timeline they're supposed to happen. Accepting that is the number one piece of advice I could give you today. I can't tell you how grateful I am that I, I got into Marine St. Germain's book now. My coach has been bugging me for the better part of maybe a year to read this book 
and it never makes it into my Audible. It was in my wish list last time we talked about it months ago at the beginning of summer. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm in it now. And now is when I think I'm getting the most out of it. I just, I ordered it through Audible. I'm finding listening to it is enough. Lots of times when I listen to a book and I want to take notes or stuff, I buy the hard copy as well. I have stacks of them. I love them. And that is great, especially if I'm doing research. Uh, But I probably will at some point order her hard copy, but I am really getting what I need out of it just by listening to the Audible version. So I really encourage you that if you're looking for more and you're still exploring or you want to solidify some things, remember what I say. You do not have to buy into every piece of information when you are out searching. You do not need to necessarily like the messenger It is important that you personally open up and take in what you need. Leave the rest. It is fine. So many people have limiting beliefs that, you know, if they don't like Oprah, they're not going to read anything Oprah has to say, even if it's life altering. They would rather stay in their ignorance than have the message delivered by someone they don't like. Okay. Now, lots of people love Oprah. It's probably not, my, probably not my best example, but there's lots of people that find that she just lives not in the real world. Like my husband, for instance, can't stand her. He has this thing about her. My dad couldn't stand Julie Andrews. I don't know what that was about. I love the sound of music. He says, I can't stand her. Something happened, something he saw through the media, something made an impression into his subconscious. Same thing with my husband. He has this belief structure that she just lives outside of the realm of reality and her, and her you know, millions and millions of dollars and her, and, her, and her celebrity status. Maybe he's right. I don't know. Excuse me, but, but when there's words of encouragement, I take those words in. I don't care the source. I really don't. So this, this meditation today by, um, by Melody Beattie was along these lines. Sometimes we need to live for a while with a particular behavior problem or situation before we're ready for it to change. I can't tell you, and if you're a regular listener, you know I've, uh, you know, in the past four and a half years, I've spoken about my family dysfunction and what went on in my youth and, and life a lot so that you can learn and, and perhaps glean some knowledge and information from it. I can't tell you how much I wish I had changed things earlier. Why did I have to go through so many years, 30 years of allowing those people to trigger my emotional responses? Why did I allow them to have power over me? I don't know all the answers to that. All I know is by the time I hit my mid-50s, I was ready to let it go. And for years now, I have been working on what I needed to do for myself to detach myself from response, you know, knee-jerk responses and for allowing them to take my power away. I am, we all are, we are powerful. We are so powerful and yet we allow ourselves to play small and not only does it not serve anyone around us, it does not serve you. But at the same token, some things just need to come when they need to come. Okay. Now it was very interesting for me. I had a numerology report done recently by a dear friend, Kim Louise Easterbrook. You can Google her and find her anywhere. She is a feng shui specialist and a master numerologist. And she did my report for me. And part of the report is this page that lumps us into these, uh, the timeline of our life, like the years of, that we were alive, about different things that we go through during these times. 
Well, at 54, I entered this next phase, the phase of enlightenment, giving back, you know, teaching, sharing my knowledge, and just being a light for the world. It was so interesting reading the three or four previous sections because my life played out exactly as she had laid it out. It's like, that's exactly what happened. So maybe I was meant, maybe I made the agreement before coming here in this body to say, this is how this is going to play out. I'm also in my ninth life. I'm in my last cycle. This is the life that I was, all my learning, everything I'd done before was for this time now. Why? I don't have an answer to that. All I know is this is how it's sort of playing out now. And it's interesting and fascinating. And I'm learning to give myself a lot of grace for all of it. So what Melanie says here, she says, sometimes we have to live with it so long, conscious that it's a problem, but unable yet to solve or change it. And that was definitely the situation with my family and other things in my life, but specifically that because it was pretty big, that we can hardly bear it. We're fully aware that, excuse me, that we want and need something different, but the situation still hasn't changed. The answer has not yet arrived. We worry that the situation will continue eternally and the problem will never be solved. During those times of living with a problem and the desire to solve it, we may long for the old days, those days when our denial system was intact and we didn't know what we were doing. If we can't solve it yet, if you can't change it yet, it's okay to live with it, just as it is. Something is happening, the situation is changing, and you're on your way to change. Now, I want to address one of the comments she made in there. During those times of living with the problem and the desire to solve it, we may long for the old days. Now, where that really resonated with me was if you've ever done any work with Joe Dispenza and read any of his books, listened to any of his uh, podcasts or YouTube videos, anything like that, where we talk about letting go of prior thought patterns because when you think something like now in this moment, you are dragging that past forward into your present. There is no such thing as reliving a memory and it being in the past. That actually energetically isn't possible. So time, linear, linear time is actually just a human construct. Our spirit and our soul and our energy and our collective consciousness is more circular, I think, and just more all-encompassing. So we have the ability to, through the law of attraction, look into the future and say, you know, I, I want that. How do, how do I make that a, re, a, a reality? We visualize it. We attract it into our lives. And he actually takes it a step further saying, you need to believe that it's already happened. You need to live your life like that experience has almost already happened. And sometimes I, I you know, I will do that. It's, it's such a freeing feeling of, yeah. And then that will come to pass for me. And I'm like, whoa, that's, that's kind of freaky. Well, the, the, um, the past is no different. When you keep, when we, when I kept dragging all my family prior childhood hurt and drama into now, I'm living in it in the now and I'm addicted to the emotional response. And let me tell you, there has been some real work I've had to do since last Wednesday when my dad passed away, not to slip back into that three-dimensional thinking and reacting it has been a conscious effort of literally like homework to remember the memories and disconnect from the emotional response to them just to say, hey, you know what? I am, let's just take a memory. I am grateful for this. And I go back there and I sort of wallow in it a little bit and I relive it and it's touchy and I feel it and it's almost tactile for me. And then I let it go. 
It's kind of how I'm having fun right now, remembering going on my cruises and trips I've taken in the past. I love those memories. I bring them forward because I actually want them in my current and I want to experience the feelings that are around those memories. They're not hurtful or they don't bring uh, regret for me. I bring the positives like, oh yeah. And it also helps me when I'm looking in my closet going, you know what? You're going to wear that dinner dress again. <laughs> I am. You're, I'm not, it's not going to be forever, hopefully. Uh, but it may be a while, especially for someone like me that will not get tested if it's not within my power and my will. I will not get tested. I will not be tracked and I will not take the vaccine. I don't believe in them. So that is my opinion. You may have a completely different opinion and may be willing to do whatever it takes to get your life back to normal or what you consider normal. Please know that is okay. Not a judgment. That is your reality. Where I caution you is do not bring a lot of negative things forward and keep hanging on to that lifeline of hurt and betrayal. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot. And so although she's saying here it's okay to live with it, I agree with this to a certain point. I'm not 100% on page with this particular chapter because I believe we hang on for things a little too long and we use it as an excuse and as a crutch. But there are still things in our life that do require timeline for them to play out. It's not, it's just not the right time yet. I don't think a year ago I could have quote unquote, quote, heard enough in Waking in 5D to have truly brought it on. Because in the last year I have read Eckhart Tolle. I, the power of now, I have made that a reality in my life. I have read Books on Habit, Atomic, Tiny Habits by BJ, uh, BJ, BB, B, yeah, BJ Fogg, I think it is. I have, uh, what's some of the other stuff? I re, I re-listened to Think and Grow Rich. I re-listened to Jim Rohn. And then whew, I broke down and said, okay, I'm going to get this out of my wish list. And I spent my credit and I got it. And the second it was on, I was addicted to it. It was like, this is so what I needed. This is so where I am now because I had a little groundwork to, I had a little bridge building to build first. I think they talk about 4d being the bridge back and forth between 3d. So if you want, if you have no experience with this, here's a little example. 3d thinking is judgment and 5d thinking is observation. There's lots of other stuff. This is so simplistic, but there's just a little example. Okay. So 5d thinking for me now, and I feel bad, I do, but, but again, had to happen because it's, it's actually what snapped me out of it. When I podcasted at the beginning of summer about my sister causing another scene about the inheritance and the Penticton house and, and, uh, and such, I really regret in some ways having that conversation with her at the time going, I can't believe she dragged me back into that again. I was sick for days again. Because I was living in those old feelings, that addicted feeling. But you know what? Now looking back at it now, five months later, I'm like, nope, that actually, that conversation with her was the catalyst. So she's been trying to, she's being her testing me, trying to drag me back in and I haven't allowed it. I've just been very calm. I've handled the paperwork. I handled the funeral. I mean, the, uh, the, the funeral home arrangements. I listened to her with some stuff she talked about yesterday without reaction. There were some things she wanted to do for the grandkids that excluded my son. 
I just simply said, that's not how it's going to be. <laughs> There's just drama that's wanting to be created. And in fact, it was funny talking to my son the other day. He says, I just get the feeling every time I talk to auntie, and that's why I don't phone her very often that there's a volcano ready to explode. And I'm like, oh, honey, don't, that's not it. You're not wrong. There is. She, her energy is almost manic at times right now. And I, it takes all my effort to breathe through it, stay, stay in observation mode and not react to it. So you're, you know, you're not losing your mind. The practice that comes into it is you understanding that it's, a process and it's practice and definitely the universe is testing me right now big time. I remember three or four days ago I was sitting, my husband took a couple of days of bereavement leave and was sitting with me upstairs. We're having tea in the morning in our sitting area and he says, what are you doing? You're mumbling to yourself. I said, sweetie, I'm literally practicing a mantra because I'm, you know, about to go down that gerbil hole again of places that I don't want to go to. You know, daddy didn't have a will. It's now discovered and only will is mums and that's the one that mum and Angie created after daddy got sick and with with mum's mind and 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 prejudices going so it's that will will not be anything that was want was supposed to be in our family 10 years ago and I'm spiraling to, and it's, it's like there's nothing I can do about it it is not that is not my journey to to deal with I want to stay just in observation mode stay current I've detached myself for the, from those emotional anchors and I will deal with a problem if it comes up in the future. There's nothing, you know, my father's been gone for 48 hours. This is inappropriate. This is not how I want to live. And he's like, wow, he's been watching me. He says, I have watched you change so much this fall. And, uh, and I'm so proud of you. And it was like, thanks, babe. <laughs> but it's, it's not something guys, once you make up your mind, you get to just say, well, I've, I'm not going to be that way anymore. Oh, if I only wish the universe will walk in time and time again, and it will put situations in front of you to test you and to help you practice. And right now, every single day for the past month has been practice. Okay. Ready. Even from the week before when my dad, from the moment that daddy, that my family refused to put my dad in a home, I didn't, I didn't agree with the decision, but I fully supported it because that's what they asked of me. I supported them putting him in the home. I supported them changing their minds because my, my thought was this, what else is there? There's things I can't see. And thank heavens he didn't go into a home. So I was able to have the grace to say when my sister and I were together with my dad's body after he had passed and we were just there, I took her hand and I said, you made the right decision not putting daddy in a home. And she was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because she has second guessed herself on that. And she, you know, she just did. And I, it's a, that was a hard decision. I didn't have to agree with it to support her. And you don't in things life either. Remember that you don't always have to agree with someone to support them. But she needed to hear that. And I needed to tell her because really it's been a month and my father has now passed away, which is what he wanted. He never wanted to be in a home. And he was declining so fast his body, he wanted to die. He just wanted to be with Jesus. And he went into the hospital two and a half weeks ago because a, a hernia had come had popped out again and he passed out in pain. And that's when the doctor discovered he had the precursor for the heart attack. And, and we said, no, we're taking him home to die. You are not admitting him into the hospital. You are not going to keep him alive any longer than nature intended because you want to play God. And the doctors did. The nurses were so supportive. The doctors were not. And my sister, bless her heart, signed the documents, brought him home. 
nothing could have been a better decision. Now, my mom and I learned very quickly that uh, we know now why people don't bring people home to die because bodies are, are tough to deal with. But that memory is going to be amazing to look back on later with everyone around his bed touching his body as he left this, this uh, physical plane. It was amazing. It was amazing. He would have died alone a home in a home alone. We would never would have been able to see him again if he'd gone into that home because COVID. My mom would only have seen him once a week. He would have died alone. Plus, they would have kept him alive longer, suffering, because they would have addressed the heart issue. And he would have had to battle that for another few months instead of just his body just giving out on him. See? You need to accept. If I could, if I could urge you, accept that life is for you, not to you. You know, these things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And it is a tough thing to accept. It is a tough belief structure to hang on to when things are going sideways. And it's tough to stick to it when the world and the earth and the universe and whatever else challenges that new change of mind. Okay? So I'm going to read this again for you. Trust that the waiting part of change is necessary. Trust that your desire for change is the beginning of change. Trust that each moment you are moving closer to the change you desire. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>